1: Bucknoters, welcome to the BuckNotes Morning Five here on Wednesday, October sixteenth, twenty nineteen. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, Buckeyes at Northwestern this Friday night. The very very rare Friday night game for Ohio State. Uh, eight thirty kickoff. Game will be televised by Fox Sports One, and that's eight thirty Eastern time for those that are wondering. Um, so the whole high school football situation. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a high school football fan you're going to miss the first half of this game. I don't think that's like a terrible thing. Uh, I guess we'll start the show just by you addressing that. What are your thoughts on the Buckeyes playing on Friday um, and how it affects high school football around the state?
0: Well, I think you put it best. It's very rare, as in it stinks. I can't stand Ohio State football being playing on a Friday night. Look, this is – hopefully they never host one of these games. I know Penn State and Michigan flat out said we're never going to host a Friday night game, and I hope Ohio State's the same. Uh, partly for logistical reasons, but partly because Ohio State doesn't need to do this ridiculous, stupid TV exposure crap because they're Ohio State. Uh, these are the kind of games where I genuinely thought these Friday night games were going to be like the Northwestern versus Minnesota showcase or something, right? Like schools that most casual fans won't watch on a Saturday. Most casual fans will watch Ohio State on a Saturday. So I'm not a big fan of these Friday night games. I, I just I, – I, I think it, the biggest – shame of the television system that's happened in the last 10 years for college football is the NFL deciding to plop its gigantic butt on Thursday nights, take away the Thursday night games that used to be so awesome to watch in college football that were like a guaranteed upset six times a year. And they're giving us instead these sort of pithy slates of Friday night games when a lot of people are at high school football games. For the home team, it sucks because what recruits are going to come to a game whenever they're supposed to be playing? I just – I think this is a – I understand there's TV requirements, but I don't think those TV requirements should involve Ohio State playing on a Friday night, and I don't think it should involve Penn State like it did earlier, too. This is supposed to be for your mid-level programs that need the exposure, and I don't think Ohio State needs the exposure in any way, shape, or form. So I don't like it at all.
1: Yeah, in one respect, it's surprising that Ohio State agreed to it, because I know Michigan just told them they want nothing to do with it. I mean, Ohio State told them they're not going to... Ohio State said, we're not going to host a game on Friday night, but, you know, we'll, every once in a while, we'll play one on the road. Um, Michigan just told the Big Ten, you know, to go pound sand, and if one team in the Big Ten has the clout, uh, guess what, everybody? And I know I'm preaching to the choir here on this show. It's not Michigan. It's Ohio State, so Ohio State could have easily done the same thing that Michigan did, but they decided to acquiesce to a degree and say, oh, every once in a while, we'll play a road game, but... Yeah, I mean, I, but I, again, I, I come back to this. It's a it's a one time thing. I mean, they're not doing it next year. They didn't do it last year. Um, I mean, when I say one time thing, maybe they'll do it a few years from now. But um, I, I just, you know, I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I do feel for the coaches and the players that are going to, you know, high school football players and coaches that they're going to miss the entire Ohio State game. I get that. Um, but for the average fan, I mean, you can still go to the Ohio the, the high school local high school game and get home for the second half of the Buckeye game. So. I don't have a big problem with it. All right, moving on. Um, just your thoughts on this game. Northwestern, last year to me, backs was a dangerous team because they had a good quarterback, Not a great quarterback. But Clayton Thorson was decent. This year, their quarterbacks are terrible. I mean, Hunter Johnson, somehow he was a five-star recruit, went to Clemson. Then um, he you know, transferred to Northwestern, and people, myself included, thought maybe this will be a good fit for him. Um, he's looked bad. Now they're playing this Aiden Smith who, fourth-year junior who began the season as their third-string quarterback. Uh, He played a lot there last game. I just I don't know, man. I just don't see Northwestern be able to hang with Ohio State because of a lot of reasons, but mostly because they don't have a good quarterback. Well,
0: I think their offense in general stinks. I mean, and even last year, whenever they had Clayton Thorson and everybody thought, oh, Clayton Thorson's going to be an NFL player, yay, yay, yay. Their offense still stunk, like, They made their way to the Big Ten Championship on the strength of a defense that won them every game, like, 18 to 13 or something ridiculous. I really don't think that Pat Pat Fitzgerald really needs to reevaluate his offensive philosophy that he has over there at Northwestern because their defense is consistently good. They're consistently a tough team. They're a program that, like, we all kind of make fun of. It's Northwestern. Yeah, ha, 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 the nerds, whatever. They wear purple. The truth is this has been a tough defense for the last five years this has been a Northwestern team that never gives up for the last five years. They're normally a tough team, but they have literally no offense. Like I don't know if Northwestern or Michigan state has the worst offense in the big 10, but it's, 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 it's a close debate between the two and to be quite blunt, I don't think this will be a game because Northwestern can't move the football. If Northwestern had just an average offense they would make things interesting. Whenever they went to Wisconsin earlier this year, they lost 24 to 15. They lost 24 to 15 in a game where Fitzgerald inexplicably went for two on a a touchdown, which would have put them within seven points. I still don't understand that one. But they just couldn't move the football. But their defense shut down Jonathan Taylor. They're kind of like a Michigan State kind of opponent. Now, Michigan State or not, Ohio State's still way better than Northwestern the talent level doesn't compare between these two teams. But I don't think Northwestern's really going to put up much of a a, a fight, if you will, in terms of anybody who just casually looks at the score at the end of the day, because they're not going to be able to score. But if their defense comes out and plays tough, I won't be surprised whatsoever if this is one of those 17 to three scores at half. And we're like, well, what's going on here? So uh, don't sleep on the Wildcats. They've got a good team attitude and a good toughness and, a pretty decent defense, they just have nothing on offense, nothing whatsoever, and this is the kind of game where it should be single digits or 10 points that at most OSU gives up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I just don't expect this to be close, and I'm usually, you know, with Northwestern, usually like, man, you know, they're going to find a way to stay in the game, like even last year in the Big Ten Championship game, Ohio State jumped out to the huge lead, and Northwestern opens the third quarter, and boom, boom, scores and scores, and... All of a sudden we have a ball game, but yeah, I don't see it this year. Um, And I know people are saying this is like a traditional trap game because Ohio State plays uh, Wisconsin next week, and you know everybody's telling Ohio State how great they are, and they're coming off a bye, and I get all that. But Ryan Day has done such a great job of keeping this team laser focused. I do not expect that will change two nights from now in Evanston. Speaking of really good teams um, that Ohio State will have to play this year, uh, you know, Wisconsin is looking like a beast. Penn State's looking really good. Um, the Michigan game will always worry me. I know I asked you this last week as well, and you said you think Penn State's going to be the toughest team Ohio State's going to play. Um, when you saw Wisconsin last week just, I mean, they beat Michigan State even worse than Ohio State did. They just dismantled Michigan State. Um, did that change your mind at all, that um, the Wisconsin might be the best team? Or you still think it'll be Penn State that'll be the best team Ohio State faces?
0: Yeah, that didn't change my mind, and here's why. Uh, that was a body bag kind of game for Michigan State. You could tell that they were just done in the third quarter because coming off of the OSU game, you, you could literally just see them kind of break in the second half of that one. They they just played two of the toughest teams you can play back-to-back, and their team was just beat up and they needed a break. You could just tell that they, they fought the good fight and then they collapsed. So, I think Wisconsin's really good, don't get me wrong. I think they're both top ten teams. I just think Penn State has more talent across the board, especially on defense. Uh, Now, that said, I I still have a lot of questions about Sean Clifford, a quarterback for the Nittany Lions, especially after watching him have a really ugly game at Iowa. Uh, If anything, what might might lead me to change my opinion is if he doesn't play well this week against Michigan at home in the whiteout, the sort of game you would expect Penn State to – thrive in. If it's another ugly kind of game like that Iowa game, then maybe I will change my opinion and to, to Wisconsin being the bigger threat. But I just don't trust Sean Clifford enough to believe that he's going to be able to beat the Buckeyes. But on the flip side, I I don't I can't tell you anything about Jack Cohen either. Like, Jack Cohen hasn't had to make a play yet for, for Wisconsin to just run around and, and pound everyone. All Wisconsin's games have been ugly, too. Cohen hasn't faced a defense that's really going to You know, the best defense they faced is probably Northwestern or Michigan State, right? I just – I don't see Jack Cohen and those receivers, because outside of Cephas, Wisconsin doesn't have hardly any of a passing threat beyond its tight ends. So I I genuinely think that you're going to have to see Cohen throw the ball to beat Ohio State. and He hasn't shown that he can do that all year. And maybe it's a hidden talent, but we just haven't seen it yet. So that that might – and makes Penn State more dangerous because Penn State has KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler is absolutely terrifying with the football in his hands. He's the kind of guy who can take a slant and take it to the house. There's no one like that on Wisconsin. So really, if you want to want to parse hairs a little bit between the two, there's a good example of why Penn State's more dangerous. That's the kind of talent that Wisconsin just doesn't have right now. So I'm sticking with Penn State. Both games are big challenges, but I, I think the Nittany Lions are the toughest team on the schedule remaining
1: let's switch gears and look at the Mookie Cooper situation. For those who don't know, Mookie Cooper, member of Ohio State's fantastic 2020 recruiting class, one of the uh, star-studded four wide receivers they have in the class. He's more of an H-back than a traditional wide receiver. Um, You know, he played running back his freshman year in high school and played wide receiver the last two years. I mean, he's perfect for the H-back role for Ohio State. he wanted to transfer schools for his senior year. He did transfer schools for his senior year, and so he could graduate early because the school he used to be at um, did not allow that. Trinity Catholic did not allow him to do that in the St. Louis area, so he went to another school, public school, and... Uh, uh, thought that, you know, he's going to be able to play his senior season and graduate early. Well, he's going to still be able to graduate early, but he's not playing his senior season. They have ruled him in- ineligible. and It's basically his former school just being like throwing a little hissy fit that he transferred. If they would have supported him, it's a lot like what we're seeing with Michigan with their transfers. You know, if, if Jim Harbaugh would have supported James Hudson at Cincinnati, he'd be playing right now. Ohio State, they supported the idea of, like, Blue Smith being, el- being eligible right away so he's able to be eligible right away, things like that, Matthew Baldwin. um Tate Martell, Georgia with you know, Justin Fields the other way, so it really depends on, even in high school, I guess, what you know your former school does. This really rubs me the wrong way. I get it if you're the coach of that team and you're an administrator of that team your star player leaves. That's a kick in the groin. I get it. But he's a 17-year-old kid. You're really going to prevent the kid from playing his senior year of high school? Uh, I don't like that, but I will say this back. This could be a blessing in disguise for Ohio State because now Mookie Cooper is just working out. He's going to graduate early. He's going to come to Ohio State in January. There's no, you know, risk of him getting hurt his senior year of high school football. Just unpack all that for me, sir. Well,
0: there's a couple of things here. One,
1: the administrators
0: at his high school that he used to be at, uh, they need to really question their values. It's supposed to be a Catholic Christian school. We're supposed to do things like grace, right? If you're not offering the opportunity to graduate early, if he goes elsewhere to get that opportunity, you need to stop throwing a hissy fit. That's ridiculous. So I feel for Mookie Cooper. But on the flip side, you're right. There's not going to be a, oh, no, he broke his leg on Friday night in November kind of game, right? Mookie Cooper is going to come to Ohio State focused and rested. As long as he stays out of trouble, because let's face it, it's hard sometimes for teenagers when they're used to being inside of a regimented system where they practice five days a week and have a game and all this other stuff. You know, that's one of the reasons all kids who are, no matter what their level of sports, whether they're a D1 athlete like Mookie Cooper or whether they're the the kid who's just like, you know, on the sideline as a backup in high school, right? Kids are in sports so that they don't get in trouble, right? Kids are in sports so they have things to do. So you certainly hope Mookie Cooper uh, has people around him who are going to make sure his time is occupied properly, right? That's the big concern now, not Mookie Cooper getting hurt, but Mookie, Mookie Cooper being bored and getting into some situation he just shouldn't be in, right? And that's not saying that there's anything about this kid's character, right? I'd say this about any kid who wasn't playing. You hope that they're not going to get in trouble doing some stupid high school stuff like stupid high school kids tend to do. So that's your biggest concern now, with Mookie Cooper, is stay out of trouble for the next couple months. Put your head, nose to the grindstone, get to work, and when you come to OSU, you hit the ground running. In the long haul, this might be a really great thing for him because he'll be fully healthy hitting the ground in college. As long as he maintains the discipline and everything it takes to maintain his physical fitness and stays out of trouble off the field, in the end, this is a good thing for Mookie. Uh, you know, and it probably doesn't feel like that right now because somebody took away his senior year of high school and you can't get that back, right? And that sucks. But for him to hit the ground running at OSU, he's set up for it perfectly now. And I, I hope he takes advantage of it and he comes here, and we're talking about him as one of the stars of the spring next year because he has an edge now that no one else in his class really has, that he's fully healthy and he can prepare starting now. I mean, I'm sure OSU's already given him their workout plan, said, hey, get started on the spring workout plan, man. Come in here and be ready to rock and roll because that's what he's got to do now. He needs to treat it like an extra red shirt freshman year. And hopefully he does that. And whenever he gets here in January, we look at him and go, yeah, Mookie Cooper's ready to play.
1: People's Champ's always ready to rock and roll. He is Matt Baxendale. I appreciate it, Bax, and I appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's try the Buckeye Swag, best band in the land.